welcome back to another edition of the podcast. This is just an intro because it's episode 100, baby. Let's go. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has uh, shared this podcast with anyone who has listened. Uh, you guys are the engine that keeps this rolling. So, yeah, I want to thank all my fans out there. I know there's not many, but, uh, you know, the true supporters are out there. I want to thank all my guests for spending 20 to even an hour of their day to come on a small little podcast and talk about whatever it is. Uh, you know, Stephen Ellis and Julie McKenzie in specific, but then, you know, we have hockey players that spend 20, even 30 minutes of their day uh, just coming on and uh, sharing their story. I also want to thank my graphics uh, person, Ellie Zemer. She, uh, you know, she does a great job with the graphics and she loves making them. So shout out to her. Uh, but yeah, episode 100 is with Riley Janelle, Brandon Weekings forward. I hope you guys enjoy it. And here's to 100 more. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pagani, joined alongside Brandon Weekings forward, Riley Janelle. Riley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you again for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. In your most recent game, why don't we start right there? Uh, it was up against Swift Current, and you guys did win 2-1. to one. In games when it's a low-scoring affair, how much is focused on defense? Um, quite a bit, you know, uh, we have a lot of skill offensively. We also have a good uh, decor as well. So um, we'll, we'll know we'll get our, our chances um, every game. It's just a matter of bearing down and then focusing on the D side of the game. And Ethan Kruger, who's a, a stellar goalie, you know, I have all, uh, all faith in him as our starter. Um, you know, he's, he always makes those big saves to keep you in the game. Do you find it kind of weird that all of your games against the Broncos this season have been low scoring games? It's kind of like I was going through the box score and I think three <laughs> goals has been, you know, the most that each team has scored. Yeah. Um, we had one game. I'm pretty sure at home. We, we uh, um, scored. I think we blew them out one day. Um, but other than that, they've been, they've been a completely different team this year. Um, they're fast. They play hard um from compared to what they've been in the past so it's nice to have a to have another team team close that that'll give you that um that energy and it's almost like a little rivalry going on there's usually a couple fights in in every game so it's it's fun games and it's it's really fun and easy to get out for those games for sure and i assume that you're part of those fights that happens <laughs> uh here and there i've been uh, dropping the gloves a little bit this year so just uh testing out the waters you assisted on the game-winning goal, which was on the power play. How crucial has special teams been to Brandon this season? Right. Um, we've been trending in the right direction, uh, for sure, with our special teams. I'm pretty sure our PK is, is top 10 in the league right now. We've been, we've been very good with, um, with our killing. Um, obviously, our power play uh, does need some work, but um, it keep, like uh, some games, it'll, it'll keep us in there like – we have some very special players on that unit. Um, like our both our units have have really good players. It's really Greg and and Nate Danielson and Nolan Ritchie, and Chad Nychuk, who I think is very underrated D man um, in in the league. He he works the top of our unit. So yeah, he's a very he's a very special player and another Vegas prospect. Calvin Kelly works works the bottom. So he's been a big threat to us this year. And yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's been good. How has fans being back in arenas brought a sense of normalcy back into your life? <laughs> it's been uh, unreal, actually, since since the bubble. You kind of got used to it a little bit. Um, we had, like, a little bit of cardboard cutouts uh, in the corner in Regina. But, um, no, it brings a whole new uh, atmosphere and, and energy to the game. So, it's yeah, it's, it's unreal to have them back. 
And it must be, uh, you know, and it creates that atmosphere that like, you know, if you're trying to create uh, momentum for the team, right? Like that's a bit of a struggle when there's no fans. Yeah, hundred percent. It brings some, uh, some energy back to the game. You know, if you're struggling to, to find something or, or to get going for a game, you know, the fans will always be into it. So, and, and without them, we wouldn't be playing right. So they, they keep um, money coming into the team and, and without them, without their support, we wouldn't be able to, to play at all. So getting into your story a bit here, who was your biggest influence to start hockey? Um, it's got to be uh, my dad for sure. Um, you know, with him working in the, the NHL for uh, Vegas right now and, and growing up as him being a scout with various NHL teams, it was, you're always around the rink and he's always bringing us along and getting to meet pros all the time. And my brother, who's two years older than me, um, always hanging out around the rink at his practices and games. And you just fell in love with it from an early age, you know, playing mini sticks with other siblings at, uh, when you're younger at their games and go on road trips. So yeah, it's obviously uh, been surrounded by it with my whole family and, and I love it. And I assume that, you know, the hotel people would try and kick you guys out of mini sticks. Cause <laughs> that's what happened to me. I had that a few yeah. times. Yeah. All the time. You just getting too rowdy in the hall. They're, they're too loud. And, couple of noise complaints for sure playing mini six in the halls did you have a chance to play against your brother uh yeah um my actually my first game in the whl was against my brother brad um he was playing for for winnipeg at the time uh so that was pretty special um and then all throughout the bubble we played him various times too so what yeah, was a couple years there Sorry, what was his biggest advice for you? Because you guys were in the same league. You guys played against one another. So I assume that he would have some really good advice for you uh, to go through your WHO career there. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, he's, been, he's been very supportive of me. Um, even now, he's uh, playing in, uh, with the Dinos at the UFC in, in Calgary there. Um, he still watches a lot of my games. He's always texting me and, and giving me tips because um, he's a very skilled player. And he sees the game very well as a good one. So I'm always um, taking pointers and, and tips from him and what to do around the net or, or little ways to help my game here and there. Growing up in Calgary, did you become a Flames fan? Um, for most of my life, my dad, uh, growing up, he worked for Florida. So I always gravitated toward Florida, obviously, because um, you, <laughs> you have to. And yeah, uh, um, which was cool. But yeah, I, I like the Flames still to this day. Um, it's cool to go to, to Flames games and stuff at Christmas time or, or after the season if they're going deep in playoffs. So yeah, I've, I've always had a, a place for them in, in my heart, for sure. When you do play the Calgary Hitmen, is it more of, I guess, like a homecoming game? Because, like, you know, you get a lot of parents or you get your parents and a lot of friends for you to come out and watch you. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, you know, you grow up watching the Hitmen in the Saddledome and, and going to Flames games growing up. So it's always it's always a special game for sure with, with family coming along and, and friends. So it's, like, it's pretty easy to get up for those games and, and try to play the best you can. Because sure. it would be it would be hard for your family to come over to Brandon every so often and watch you play. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a long it's a long trip for sure. It's also pretty cold here, but 
they um they they do their fair share especially when my brother was playing for for winnipeg they'd come down and watch as, as much as they could so my yeah. mom would know who to cheer for though so. yeah i guess <laughs> that actually would be really hard i didn't even consider that <laughs> yeah she would need one of those yeah. like uh like half jerseys half of your jersey and half of your brother's jersey. yeah, yeah she was talking about sewing sewing some together I don't know what she had going on, but I'm in Manitoba. Um, and the first game we played each other, they had um, shirts on with the Wee Kings logo and the uh, Winnipeg logo. And it said Janelle times two on the back, which was kind of cool. So it's so always, stuff like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very creative. It's the stuff that's really creative. Like you mentioned the right, right there. there. I, I found that really cool. Yeah. You you played for uh, you know you played in the Alberta Cup, which is huge. Uh, you played for Team Calgary South. How big of an experience was that for you? Um, that was that was really big. Um, that's right before the draft. Um, it's uh, it's you know it's a lot of scouts and and people are looking at that to see how you perform against the top top players in in your province. And um, yeah, I, luckily I had um, a pretty good, a pretty good, uh, I guess, little tournament there personally. And our team did did pretty well too. So made some good buddies there. So yeah, it was it's pretty big for me. I think it um, helped me in the draft a little bit. That's for sure. What did you find most challenging about that tournament, and how did that make you a better player? Um, just coming in and and playing against you know like top players and and playing with them, you know. Um, you got to be, you got to be on your playing your best hockey. That's for sure. Um, you're still a young kid. I'm pretty sure we were 14 or 15. So it's just getting that first little experience of, I guess, like the next level after playing Bantam for a couple of years. So yeah, it's good. Um, good little little step moving forward. That's for sure. You played your minor hockey with Edge School Prep. How did they help you get ready for the WHL? Um, I love Edge. I have nothing bad to say about them. Uh, it's a great program. Um, schooling there is unbelievable. Uh, the way they treat you is is top notch as well. Um, you work, work out, skate every day. Um, right at school there too. Um, gyms inside the school. There's two rinks inside the school. Um, everyone there is an athlete. Like that goes to to Edge. So you're surrounded by like-minded people, which is. Um, uh, recipe for success I guess um, so yeah it's I really liked it there it was it was a really fun time as well there's some some really good friends I made and, and some good memories there so do you ever play against some of the same people that went to edge yeah um, funny story actually one of my better buddies um, growing up um, we were on the same edge team there he plays for swift current um at Sam McGinley, we also went to uh, St. Louis camp together as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, just, yeah, just another guy that's um, played with and you see around. And there's a lot of guys in the league. Um, Keegan Slaney also uh, plays for the Hitman. He went to Edge um, the same same year I played on the same team. Uh, uh, Craig Armstrong as well. Um, there's a couple. Kale Sanders too. There's a couple Western League guys on that team. So. So it seems like a lot of the WHL, you know, kind of goes through edge before getting drafted. Yeah, um, that CSS 
HL league is is a pretty big pretty big league now. It seems a lot of um, elite players are are going through there to get drafted. So it's um, it's a good league. It's very skilled and fast hockey. So it's definitely competing against the uh, provincial leagues. That's for sure. How big of a moment was it for you to get drafted by Kamloops? Because actually, that's pretty funny. You didn't even play for Kamloops, but you got drafted by them. No. Yeah. Um, it was massive. Um, you know, it's it's not the end-all, be-all if you do or don't. Um, you're still a very young kid. But at that time, it, um, I definitely felt um, like surreal. I remember just being at school. Um I was just on my phone all day, you know, something you don't, you shouldn't be doing. So I remember just putting my phone down and, and going outside and for like lunch, whatever, just playing like basketball with my friends at like lunchtime recess, whatever it was, because I was in grade nine. And uh, I just come back in and my phone, just a bunch of people texting me and like congratulations and stuff. And I don't know, I was, I was just thrilled. I think my head hit the roof. I jumped so high, but looking back at it, um, yeah, it was a very special moment for sure. But no matter what way it went, it's not the end all be all. Like kids, um, their careers old. There's multiple people that don't get drafted and and have a fantastic career. So, you know, you mentioned that you were in school. So once you found out that you did get drafted, did you kind of take the rest of the day off, or how did you celebrate? Um, yeah, I guess. I guess mentally in school, it was pretty hard to focus. So I, like, <laughs> I didn't go home or anything, but, but I, uh, I pretty much took, took the day off. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, at the time, my uh, English teacher was a hitman scout and I had him for uh, like a couple, a couple classes in the, um, in the afternoon, like back to back. So we were just watching the draft the whole time and talking about the players they were taking. So it's pretty funny actually. Well, it's also kind of funny that it, it, I feel like it would have been weird if you did get drafted by the hitman because you had that teacher who was a yeah. scout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny. So how did you end up getting traded to Brandon? Because, you know, like, did you know about the trade? Was it, was it a surprise to you? Um, yeah. So I, I, was, I was a little bit surprised because um, I, I, I was their second prospect to sign in that um in their draft uh their first rounder signed and then I signed so um I thought I was you know like I went there as a 16 year old and I didn't really expect to make it but I had a pretty good camp um personally I thought and went back and I think I had like four game four points in five games or six games as a 17 year old in preseason and I, I, th- I thought I was playing pretty well um but they um they called me into the office and they honestly thought I, I wasn't ready to uh, to play for them that year. And I told them can hundred percent play in the Western like no doubt in my mind. So for a trade and they they weren't too keen on it because they wanted to send me down to junior A for a little bit to then bring me back and I'm 17 years old. Um I need to be playing like in my eyes, I wanted to be playing in the Western Hockey League that year. Um, so I said, yeah, trade me. And I flew home. Um, I'm pretty sure that night or that day, maybe the next day after. Um, and by the time I got off the flight, uh, my dad met me in the airport, gave me a hug and told me I'd been traded to Brandon. So I didn't even know I was on the airplane. Um, and I, went, I think it was eight hours. Brandon traded us sixth for me. So. 
Well, it's it's not bad Which at all. Which has been the best move of my. Uh... Yeah, it, it really has been the best yeah. move of your of your whole career there because it seems mm-hmm. like you and Brandon have just been like the perfect match for one another. Yeah, hundred percent. Coming in with um, a professional coach with Fox uh, experience, having Dave Lowry there. Um, I didn't play a whole lot. Um, I was scratched quite a bit, but at the time I was um, not happy and and quite angry, honestly. But looking back at it, um, I think he's he's been a massive influence on on the way I play. Um, he showed me just how hard how hard I needed to work um, to to be able to become a better player and 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 what it actually takes. So. I give uh, I have a lot of thanks to give to Dave Lowry and even now my coach now, um, Don Gilbert, um, he keeps that same same energy and and um, expects the same out of us. Um, we work hard every day in practice and on and off the ice. So it's been it's been really good. I've I think the best move for me has been traded to Brandon for sure. Your first year in the WHL was in 2019-20. How long did it take for you to adjust to the play style there? Um, quite a bit, actually. Um, I got traded from, from Kamloops. I was used to the guys there. I only knew, I think, two people on Brandon. I knew Ridley and, and Bodie Hagen. And I knew Jack Zayat, but not uh, not too well at the time, so just a whole new environment for me and, and practicing and the whole style of practice and play uh, was completely different. It was a lot harder and, and faster, honestly. Um, I was bagged my first practice. Um, and I was, I was like, where, like, where am I almost like, this is just a complete like shock to me. And then um, just kept, kept grinding and, and working harder and, probably at least my feet under me so do you think that Dave Lowry kind of helped with helped you kind of know the play style in the WHO did he kind of help you there yeah 100 percent um you know I'm a big guy um I more try to avoid um being a skill not, not like a like not allowed to have any skill, but I'm a big body. Like I need to use it. I need to hit. I need to um, work the corner as well. Just trying to beat guys one-on-one, which, you know, coming and a year of not really on a, like one of the more skilled guys. So it's a change for me, but um, I've always had that aspect in my game, I think, but more, which I think he did for sure. How did you end up picking number nine? Oh, oh sorry. Oh, no. Can you hear me now? I was just lagging yeah. out there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, uh, how did you end nine, up picking uh, number nine? Yeah. I've worn it uh, my whole life. Grew up. I'm born October 9th. Um, it's just, I never really wore it. Because I was born on a ninth, I've always just loved the number. Um, I don't know why. It's just been my favorite number since since I can remember. And it just kind of works out that I'm born on the ninth, too. So um, we had uh, a player get traded. Um, 
that wore nine and Brandon my first year. And I was just wondering, I said, no one's going to be wearing nine. So I just texted our equipment manager, like, is it possible I can wear nine next season? And I said, yeah, for sure. So it worked out perfect. Really, Greg did get drafted in the first round by the Ottawa Senators. What can you say about the qualities he brings to the team? Yeah, he's um, he's one of my better buddies on the team, for sure. Um, he's a good guy. Um, he's one of the most skilled players I've ever seen. Um, you know, he's he's always on in practice, always scoring and always competing. So you almost want to um, get to that get to that level of play. So it's constantly pushing other guys on the team, which is, which is good to see. When it is the off season, what does some of your training consist of? Um, I work out um, usually five days a week with crash conditioning. Um, that's like Monday to Saturday with usually yoga on Wednesday. Um, so six days in the gym, five days working out. And then usually about three, three out of those days, I'm uh, skating with uh, Dave Lowry um, with like some junior ice and some pro guys are out there here and there. Uh, um, that's just in Calgary about three times a week, about hour 15 a day. So some, it's good work. Uh, I love it. I love the um, training in the off season. Um, just putting on muscle and, and, and getting better and, and feeling better about yourself. So it's uh, definitely an important time for me. When did you realize that the WHO was a legitimate opportunity for you? Um, I'd probably say well, it was always in the back of my mind with my grandpa being a pretty big um, influence in the Western Hockey League. Um, he's a pretty, uh, I don't want to say like, I don't know, he's a pretty well-known coach, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, and once my brother signed and, and was kind of got drafted and stuff, it was kind of put into my mind a little more. Um, he was, he was thinking about going the school route. Um, but Portland wanted to sign him early and, and wanted to keep him as a, as a 16 year old. So we thought that was the right way. And I watched games and I just fell in love with what, what it offered. So I, um, it was hundred percent the, the right move for me. In your first season, you know, you registered four points in 25 games, but let's talk about your first WHL goal. How big was that for you? <laughs> uh, it was massive. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is not score all season. So um, I remember it vividly. We were on the road in Swift um, right after our U.S. swing. I was scratched for our whole U.S. road trip. I didn't play a single game in wow. the States. Um, and I came back. And we're playing Swift Current, and I finally got put in the lineup. But um, like I, ha like I just, I'm scoring. I told myself like I'm scoring. I haven't played in three weeks, so um, it was uh, Chase on Richie and I were aligned. Um, one of the two shot it. We like got like a high offensive zone turnover. One of the two shot at far pad, and I just tapped in the rebound, and that was uh, the first one. Do you remember if Sam McGilney was on the ice, your buddy from? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I hope he was. I'll have to watch the replay. Uh, I, I, I don't think he was, but that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty funny. How did you find out that the season was going to get canceled? Um, it, was, it was a weird time. Like we were told over like, 
the phone and like emails and zoom calls and stuff but I just remember seeing like coming in and watching like tv in like our our dry room and just uh, like what was happening in in Wuhan and and all that and you you don't think much of it right you're just no it's all the way over in in China or whatever and you just don't think it's going to affect you but then we stopped being able to get sticks yeah they're manufactured over there and um that's when it started to affect us i was like oh like this is actually pretty real and then you hear like oh i'm like oh there's a case in canada and blah 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 and then like you obviously don't believe it and then boom it just started happening and happening and and then uh, they sent us home for uh, a week and then once once they sent us home i thought um it's pretty suspicious because they said oh you guys can go home for a week and we'll be back in, in a week or so and my mom's in healthcare, so she's she was pr- pretty adamant about it um like how bad it was going to be so i um i don't know i just I stay focused i honestly um i thought it was beneficial for me um oh, we i was a pretty um pretty slim i think i was about one one eighty six three at the time um and you know playing everyday hockey um training like you're not gaining weight like it's hard to put on yeah. weight muscle you're more just trying to maintain and then we got that 10 months off and I really um focused on my nutrition and and my um off ice like habits um in the gym managed to put on nearly 20 pounds um came back at about 200 205 uh felt a lot stronger better faster in the bubble and um yeah, I was rewarded uh, most improved player too, which was uh, an honor. So I'm out of the bubble. So yeah, I um, it gave me a little bit of time to to catch up. Um, I felt so. I got um, no complaints about it, other than not being able to play, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, you know, that's a really interesting perspective and, you know, cause my mom works in healthcare too. So nurses unite there. Um, but, <laughs> uh, and you know, when, when I first heard of it, right. Like, you know, it's all the way distant, like, you know, 13 hours away from us. Like I, I, I didn't think much of it. Right. It's so far away. Why would I even, you know, be concerned? Um, and then, you know, the first case is in Ontario, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, I'm, I'm receiving emails from, you know, my school, my school board saying like, you know, we're going to be sending out these weekly emails. If there's any positive right. tests, and I'm kind of nervous because like when I get, cause we didn't know much of the virus at the time. Right. Yeah. yeah so, 100%. you know, when I get these, you know, I get like a, a minor heart attack uh, when I get these emails. Cause I'm like, okay, so if someone tests positive, like what happens to me? Uh, and yeah. luckily uh, no one did test positive. Um, cause then they shut down the schools for, uh, cause I was near March break. And so they shut down the schools for like three right. weeks. And so uh, then we were just online school for the rest of the year. But yeah, it was it was wild. And I actually had to be separated from my mom because she was worried that uh, she would bring the virus back home. And that's not something uh, that she wanted to do. So in a sense, I'm lucky to have divorced parents because of this whole pandemic and allowing me to uh, be separated from my mom in a safe manner. And, you know, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Yeah, the way they were uh, portraying it. like right when it was first happening, like early March, like you said, there it's almost like if you got it, you were dead for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. It was so scary. Everyone, yeah, everyone was was terrified. I remember my mom uh, sanitizing groceries and stuff, 
uh i never got it yeah i never got um, it either like thankfully in, in the in the midst of it there i think i think i did because i was really sick um probably like a couple like three weeks before like they sent us home like one oh, of the wow. sickest i've ever been and i don't know i was a little suspicious about that so and just to add on to your point about like the whole stick manufacturer, because that's something that I don't think a lot of people kind of notice. And one of my buddies who I think ordered a new stick or something for obviously hockey, um, he, he, his delivery was delayed. One sec. Can you say that again? You're just, you're just lagging out here. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I, one of my buddies, cause about the stick manufacturing that you had to go through he he ordered a new stick yeah. from China and it was delayed because of the coronavirus. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It was wild. Yeah, I got the um, I got I got it recently too, like just around Christmas time. I got like the variant or whatever, and I didn't even know I had it. Like I was completely fine. So, um, yeah. Other than that, I'm I'm pretty much over it now. Um, <laughs> kind of. I'm done with it for sure. I'm not too, too big on it anymore, but you know, there's still, we got to protect the, the older people and the people that are endangered. But I went, um, I'm glad to see that these provinces are going back to normal, especially for Alberta, no more masks. And uh, Oh, I know. Just, Dude, I'm jealous of that. Just 100% back to normal, I'm so. jealous of that. I want <laughs> that right now, man. Ontario yeah. yeah. is not the best. Yeah. You guys are always, you guys have been uh, like in prison for two years. Almost. It feels it's like it yeah honestly <laughs> uh it gets continuing on this uh you know canceled season here because that was a big portion of your rookie year uh is it kind of bittersweet at all that the final game was at home yet it resulted in a loss you know in the game and then you lost the rest of the season right um we were we were very hot as a team going into that two a week we had a a 10 game winning streak um probably a couple of weeks before everything was was shut down. I'm pretty sure around January, um, like February ish, I think we were, we were really heating up. So we were um, going to go on a really good run that year too. We had a lot of really good players and, and some, some really good goaltending as well. So it's, yeah, it is pretty bittersweet that we, we went out on a loss too, but it's uh, nothing really you could do about it. We would have won that next game, I bet. So. <laughs> What was your favorite part of your shortened rookie season? Um, I would just say like meeting a bunch of like a whole new set of guys. Um, like I said, I came in and I was, I didn't really know anybody too well. And we had such a, a tight knit group. Um, it was it was awesome. Like I'm, I'm a pretty social guy. I, lo I love meeting new people and, and, and hanging out with friends and stuff. So it was, it was awesome for me to create like pretty much just 20, 22 new friends. So. Speaking of the bubble that you alluded to earlier, how did that affect you mentally? Um, um, I'm a pretty mentally strong person. I'd like to say, but um, you know, it's, it's going to affect everybody. You're doing the same thing every day and, and you're in the back of your mind every day. You're, you're grateful to play hundred percent. There's unfortunately like they all got shut down. Like yeah. there's, they didn't get anything. So you have to be grateful every day for that. But 
um, it's still wearing on you. You know, it, it's hard. You have 24 games in 61 days and you're practicing in between there and you're in a dorm room, um, little apartment. We were pretty fortunate. Uh, we had like four man apartments in U of R, um, like dorm kind of things. So we were very fortunate to have that. So a somewhat bit of normalcy, but we couldn't leave. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't really do anything right, but it was well worth the sacrifice for what, two months. So. Well, I mean, Red Deer had to stay at the at their own arena, right? Yeah, yeah. I was talking to uh, Mason Ward, who we traded for uh, in the off season, just about because he got traded from Red Deer, right? And yeah, they're staying in suites, and they had like cardboard, like on the glass for like curtains, like just for like some privacy. And I don't know if if that was the best move or not, but it's it's not for me to say. But it's uh, it's definitely interesting for sure. I just have to think about the ice conditions because it must have been a chilly sleep for the two months there. (laughs) Honestly. I I just remember, like, there was no individual showers either. Like, their bathroom was, like, their team bathroom. So, like, you're just with the guys 24-7, which would be pretty fun. But I don't know. It's just no, no privacy or anything. But I don't know. Do you remember how you found out about the news that the WHO season was going to be uh, played? Um, yeah, I just remember hearing like rumors and stuff, um, just constantly talking with your teammates and, and um, with people that, that are involved with, in like the Westerning and stuff. So um, it was kind of like well-rumored around, on the league uh, news travels faster and we had like an official zoom call i'm pretty sure and we did roommates and and all that on there which was pretty exciting and to just know you're getting back into it it gives you another little boost of, of motivation this season you have 22 points in 39 games and you're all actually on pace to set personal best in every major statistical category what do you attribute that uh, that success to Um, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what's like, what like what, what's the main factor? Cause you know, we're seeing a huge increase in your point production, you know, like, is it cause right. of the line that you're playing on power play time? Um, yeah, hundred percent. Um, obviously the opportunity I'm getting, uh, the players I'm playing with and, and confidence too, you know, I'm coming in as a, as a 19 year old, um, had, um, uh, I think a personally, a pretty good season in the bubble um just knowing i can i can be a better player in this league and and, and uh help my team out in, in any way i can and it's um obviously the opportunity you get um you're gonna get uh some points and, and capitalize on that as well so yeah it's um it's been been a very good year so far is it fun getting back to playing different teams because in the bubble you would play against the same four or five teams every week yeah yeah um it's yeah 100 percent. it's so nice it's it's honestly like i remember just coming back and and like being excited to travel like yeah. i was like i can't i can't wait for our first bus ride honestly like just even if we were going to saskatoon for oh like a two and two with saskatoon and pa or something like it just we're looking forward to it, it it's nice for sure going out um 
out to Alberta and stuff too. It's too bad we don't get to go to BC or the States or anything, but those are always such fun trips. But, you know, just going out to Alberta and, and uh, place in SAS, it's, it's very nice to, to get a change, that's for sure. You never realize how much you miss the bus trips with the boys until it's all gone from you. Yeah, 100%. You guys are 25, 15, and 5 this season. What adversity has the team gone through? Um, a lot of injuries. Um, we, we've been, we were very unlucky early. Um, a lot of guys going down, suspensions, um, guys at camp. Our home opener, our first few games in our home opener were unfortunately blowouts I think we had nine forwards maybe and like 60 and that's with everyone playing with prospects too and um we uh we knew how good we were we just needed to to persevere over over the little hump we were facing early in the season um which isn't even the worst we were overlooked by a lot of teams early thinking that all the weak kings aren't going to be um good again this year but um once we got fully healthy and, and playing to our systems and the way we can, it's, we've been, we've been dominating recently. I think. I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity, but if you did, what's your go-to shootout move? Um, uh, when I was younger, <laughs> my dad would always get mad at me for doing it. Um, I'd always do like the dad suit move. Like you pull back, I like big shot, pull it back. But um, I don't think I could pull that off now. Um, I, I don't know. I'd probably just creep in um, wide on either side and just try to read the goalie. If he's in his net, probably just shoot one. Or if he's way out, just make a move and not just not be too complicated. You know, um, you don't want to deke yourself out. So <laughs> just got to focus on the goalie. You should try the Datsuki and on Ethan Kruger in practice. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably save it or I don't know. I'd probably just hit him in the head or something and get mad at me. As we're finishing off this interview here, what advice do you have for aspiring hockey players? Um, just stay, stay focused on your goals. Um, there's uh, a lot of different paths out there. It's not all going to be uh, roses for you. There's going to be some adversity you're going to have to face. Um, you know, it's not your career's not going to be over with with uh, one simple fork in the road. So. Just keep keep focused on the the goal at hand. Um, work hard off the ice and on the ice, and just be a be good of a guy and teammate as you can. It's pretty much it's pretty much it. Well, I'd like to thank again Riley Janelle for taking time out of his day to come on the podcast. Thank you again, Riley. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun.